Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Are you hungry to advance your prophetic calling and step into your unique prophetic destiny? It's time to break the silence, stand boldly in dark places, and resound the truth across the nations. Join us at the School of the Prophets, a transformative four-and-a-half-day intensive training school. You will gain understanding in your prophetic calling, refine your gifting, and grow in confidence to spearhead cultural change. Register for this year's School of Prophets, August 7th through the 11th, in person or online at Bethel.com forward slash events. God bless. Hi everyone, it's Allie Valton here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy. Okay, well today we're doing some live Q&A. Oh, good. Per usual. Per usual. So, you know, so if you guys have questions. We had a great live Q&A last time. You guys should go back and listen to last week's. I was just thinking about, we had some pretty cool stuff happen last week in the live, I think. Mm-hmm. We were talking about but the prophetic and yeah. prophets, which is kind of the name of the game. It's the season, right? Mm, to we be jolly. Eat, <laughs> to talk about the prophetic and prophets because we have School of the Prophets Yeah, School of the Prophets up. coming up in August. That's powerful. Yeah. That's filling up quick. And yeah. I just can't wait for the next Cultural Catalyst episodes to come out because we yeah. had some great conversations on the topic. We did. So it's just, it's a good time around Yeah, here. the gal who was... Uh, who is part of the chosen mm-hmm. this the script and writer not yes yeah, a producer producer yeah mm-hmm. she was amazing yeah. that'll be coming out soon we'll we'll be showing that one uh-huh. that we yeah. did we nice we did week. it we pre-recorded it's going to be powerful so she good. was so funny too mm-hmm. so good awesome okay well today i have some questions okay. that people have already sent in okay if you have questions leave them in the comments we'll do our best as usual we'll do our best <laughs> amazing okay well, lots of questions around the prophetic, prophetic experiences, all that kind of thing again. Um, first question for you today is tips for stewarding the promise well when the wait has gotten longer than expected. It oh, seems like we've answered that. Like, like we get that question so often. You know, right? it's because you preach about it. I know. It's like and your it, main message. It, it is. And, and it's the, maybe the part of the hardest part of I think it's a because, prophetic culture. Well, and I think, think it resonates with everybody because regardless if you feel like you have a prophetic call or not, you probably feel like you have a call or you've been promised something mm-hmm. or you have this destiny that you're waiting to see in the fullness of itself. And so you kind of do have everyone sits in that waiting process in some way in their life. Yeah. You know? and, and, you know, and I think that the, you know, the push or the tension is, you know, are you waiting on the Lord's timing or is he waiting on your preparation? Mm. I, I think I think these are two really huge questions that need to be answered because like if the Lord's like, hey, in, you know, in 2025 of May of 2025, I'm going to answer this thing for you. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, well, it's kind of like the sovereignty of the Lord has spoken and mm-hmm. the timing of the Lord. On the, on the other hand, if the Lord's like, well, I'm waiting for you to actually grow your capacity or train your, 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 uh, you know, develop your skill or, you know, whatever. And, and like, we're back here waiting for 
the you know the sense of prominence in, in, in sovereignty. Yeah, you're waiting for the doors to open. Yeah, uh -huh. and you know, like there's nothing I can do, and mm -hmm. and yet, even in those times, you know, the continual knocking, the continual asking, the continual seeking, is part of you know one of the metaphors Jesus used for the will of God. Mm -hmm. Like he's like God's got a will for you, but you got to knock, you got to keep knocking, you got to keep seeking, you got to keep, you know, you got to you got to keep uh, you know pursuing and. I, so I, I think that the one thing, you know, I think there is a tension between con being content and pressing in. That is very good. Mm -hmm. I said that was profound. I just said that, didn't I? You just said it. Yeah, you just said there's a difference between being content. Oh, say it again. No, I said there's a tension between being content and, and actually and pressing, in. and pressing in, you know, being uh, persistent. And I think we want in our, in our spirit we want to be we want gratitude to you know to we want to live in gratitude and thanks and thank be thankful for what we have. We want to be content. Mm -hmm. and we want to know that when I get that thing, it's not going to make me happier. Right. And I think that that's a big deal. It's like when I get that house, when I get that girlfriend, yeah. when I get that boyfriend, when when, when we, we have children, yeah. when I have, get married. And, and those things are all wonderful and beautiful in their time, but also sometimes it keeps us from experiencing the fullness of life right now because we're like, well, that event is going to make me happy, but happiness is an inside job. And so, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm deceived into thinking I have to have that thing to, to, fulfill. to fulfill my life. And, you know, in some cases where I'm sick, like, well, man, I want God oh, yeah. to heal me. There's There are things like that, but... There's just a lot of times when we just have it in our heart that when that thing happens, then it's going to change my life. And God's like, no, I'm here right now. You have full access to me. That's so, that is so good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I feel something on that. There's, because I think there's also the tension of, you know, we're always sort of like, oh, just be thankful for the season that you're in. Just mm -hmm. be present where you're at. And the reality is, is sometimes we're actually in really hard seasons and we're not actually experiencing the fullness of what God has for us. Yeah. And so there's actually a level of, okay, maybe this is actually a moment where I get to press in yeah. and I get to find hope for my future. Yeah. And I don't have to be fully content with where I'm at right now. Yeah, not fully content in knowing like the circumstances. In maybe. my circumstances mm -hmm. because I know that I I have lacked in some way because of my what effort or, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't sought the Lord like I should have or something, you know. Yeah. So there's that. I need to press in. I shouldn't be content in my mediocre lifestyle. Yes, yeah. But on the other side is we should stay in a place of gratitude because no matter where you're at, there's always something. a lot to be thankful yeah. for, especially if you know the Lord, right? Yeah, so good. Okay, someone's asked this question live. They said, what materials or training do you have or recommend for apostles and prophets working together to see greater kingdom impact? It's a great question. Well, that's a great book that needs to be written. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like, yeah. I, I think that, that I, I have attempted to write a book on at least three occasions that I can think of talking about how, uh, not... The emerging of not the emerging of the fivefold ministry, mm -hmm. but the merging. Mm -hmm. Like, how do apostles and prophets, Merge. evangelists, pastors, teachers, like how do they actually work together? Yeah. Like, if you said, well, these are kind of job description roles, or 
there, you know, what is their level of authority? What, what if the apostle is, you know, uh, is 20 and let's say the pastor is a 50-year-old, well-seasoned spiritual woman or man? Like, who is actually leading? Is the apostle leading? Because because the apostle Paul said, first apostles, then prophets, or, mm. you know, so these are, these are questions that they seem simple in a, on a philosophical or theological side, but, you know, because we've seen, we've seen so many train wrecks, hmm. right, on how, you know, people are trying to walk out the theology of the fivefold ministry, but actually all of us, like, but we still don't have a, the best model to yeah. see how that should work. So I think those are great questions, mm -hmm. and I think there needs to be a great book written about it. I wrote a little bit about it in the book Heavy Rain, yes. which I think is, um, you know, it, I, I think it's, a, I actually think Heavy Rain is my best book as far as, it's, it, it's, the, high, it's the book that it, it captures my interest the most, mm. um, but, uh, and it has some aspects of the fivefold ministry working together, especially apostles and prophets, yeah. but I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't count it the textbook on how, yeah, how, how, especially apostles and prophets work together. Yeah. So, no, I don't, I don't know of a book like that. If somebody knows of a great book, you can put it in the yeah, chat there. that's a great point. Yeah. Great question. Um, okay. Somebody has asked, how is the best way to develop your prophetic ministry when you don't have a church where you can develop your gifts? Well, it's a tricky that, one. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's so tricky. You know why? Why? There are so many places to get training. Like, mm -hmm. we're doing the School of the Prophets. There's one place. But, you know, I know Stacy Campbell's doing a School of the Prophets. I mean, she's amazing. I totally trust her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there there are all these schools of the Spirit. And, and, you know, honestly, even if you're, you know, accepted as, or even if your church is super spiritual, yeah, you know, and accepts, you know, uh, the prophetic ministry, you how often do you go to church? Like, let's say... Two hours in the morning, Sunday morning, and, and two hours Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, we're not actually doing life inside the organization of the church. Yep. So most ministry, all ministry, most all ministry in the early church was, wasn't done in the synagogues. So, yep. you know, I think it's great to take a course, read books. We have great books. Uh, if uh, I would recommend reading Basic Training for the Prophetic Ministry. Uh, Daniel's got a book about prophetic activation, Daniel McCollum. Mm -hmm. There are so many good books right now on prophetic ministry, not just ours, other people's. Yeah. That there really is no, I mean, if you're really hungry on that subject to learn. There's a lot of material. There's a lot of material. And you can join our SQ Institute. You can join Lindsay's, um, what, what's Lindsay's called? Uh, Aqua. Aqua Regia. Regia. And so, yeah, and then... Practice, practice outside the walls of the church. I mean, yeah. Beautiful, actually. That's really good. Really good. Okay, somebody has asked this question. What is the difference between soul gazing versus prophecy? Do you know what that soul gazing? Have you well, I've never heard it in that, that term, term, but I mean, I think the concept is sometimes, you know, like for example, Jesus made this statement many times, or the uh, or the 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 four gospels made this statement about Jesus, and knowing their thoughts, he said. Yeah. 
And knowing their thoughts, he answered them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think soul gazing is a manifestation of I read I read your soul, mm. and then I read it back to you as a prophecy, like like you know, which is what you shouldn't do, right? Right. So you're sitting there, and you're like, man, I hope he tells, I hope he I hope he tells me that I, I, I'm going to get married, you know, to this to Joe, you know, and you're sitting there wanting this to happen, and instead of realizing the prophetic person realizing that he just read your thoughts and now he's going to read it back he's going to mirror it back to you as a prophecy he he just goes well you know the lord says you're going to marry a guy named joe and then when it's all over it never happens that way and come to find out you had the same experience jesus had in that in knowing their thoughts Hmm. are you with me Mm -hmm. and then but you didn't know you, you weren't aware that you were actually reading their thoughts. Interesting. Are you, am I making sense? Because you're... So look- you, yeah, so basically you're saying that you knew their thoughts, but you just counted that as prophecy versus actually capturing the thoughts of God's... God exactly. Them, you just captured their yeah, thoughts. Exactly. And I think that that's, you know, I think that's probably what they're talking about. But if, even uh-huh. if it's not, that's the most common... Mis- you know, one, one a very common mistake is that Oftentimes, or I won't say oftentimes, sometimes prophetic people can read the minds of other people. And I'm not talking about ESP or trying to read somebody's no, like mind or anything. Perception, maybe? Yeah, I'd say discernment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Really I hope that's what they're talking about because that's yeah. all I know about. Well, that's interesting enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody's asked, what do you sense God doing in this prophetic season? And how can we partner with Him as the bride? Well, it depends on what metron you're called to. You know, we explain mm-hmm. metron so many times with the, your sphere of influence. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about like the nation, I, I think that we are in the most profound time of shifting culture that I've ever been in mm-hmm. in the 68 years I've walked the planet. Uh, if you think about the the idea of morality, uh, which I care lots about, obviously I started more revolution, so it's a passion of mine. Yeah. And and you know you look at Roe versus Wade passes after 50 years gets overturned yeah. by the Supreme Court, and then you see people, you know, 20 years I, I've I've been sharing, and not I'm not I'm definitely not alone, but but one of the lone voices, I was telling people, listen. The LGBTQ movement is not going to stay private. It's not going to just be live and let live because they are coming for your children. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about every person who identifies as gay. I'm talking about the activists. Mm-hmm. Like they, they want to shift culture to normalize something that's become common. Yeah. And they are, they are, going, they are very strategic and they are going after your children. And I'm telling you, uh, you know, over and over for 20 years, I've said they're gonna they're gonna take the school system over, they're gonna take the university system over. They are coming to indoctrinate your children, mm. and I'm talking about just the activists now. So let's be careful. Mm. And you know, now and nobody, it felt like nobody's listening. Now I'm sure that's an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. And now you look around in the last two years, all of a sudden, non-Christian parents, people just everyday people who don't even know God or love God and including Christians are you know they're they're test I mean they're they're going to their school board meetings they're they're reading their kids books for the first time like you should see what's in these books mm-hmm. like uh you know they're they're, they're challenging the gay flag I mean the pride flag is a flag about sex 
It's actually about sex. Do you? It's saying we are proud of the fact that we have sex with the same sex. Like that's what you want in your school. Like you want to fly fly the pride flag. Mm -hmm. you know, what what other flag you want them to fly? You know, and and so you know people are starting to understand what's going on, and mm -hmm. and they're starting to push back because we are in uh, we're in a season of desperation, and des desperate people ultimately win. They ultimately win. And now uh, believers and unbelievers who, who care about uh, morality, care about uh, character, mm -hmm. care about, uh, you know, care about their, their kids, uh, what their kids, how, how, how their kids, what their kids are exposed to. Yeah. Um, all of that, all of that is now under, invest I mean, it's under investigation. And you, yeah. you have governments going, what, what, what's going on? Happening. You have transgender, you know, this has been going on for a long time, but all of a sudden, very prominent women athletes are being dethroned, losing their, uh, losing their, their um, um, scholarships because transgender women who are men, biological men, are outrunning them, yeah. outplaying them. Yeah. And, and, and like this has been going on forever, but I mean, not forever. This has been going yeah. on for the last ten years, but finally, some very prominent, you know, athletes are being totally displaced, mm. and people are going, "Wait a second, that's my daughter," mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily Christians. They're just like, "My daughter lost her scholarship because this guy poses as a woman, woman and wants to run against my daughter, mm. wants to swim against my daughter, wants yeah. to play volleyball against my daughter," mm -hmm. like. So in a, so I think these are really powerful times in that yeah. culture. We are in a midst of a ten-year cultural shift. Wow! For the first time. I mean, that's in forty years. That should feel encouraging. It, it should feel hopeful. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think so often we're just told in society, at least my whole life, is like, oh my goodness, well is this not just the worst thing it's yeah. ever been? Right? It just is it just like it's darker and darker. Yeah, people really question. Oh, should I even have kids bringing them into a world like this? It's just doom and gloom. Yeah. And to think, oh wait, what? <laughs> yep, people are right. Maybe up. God actually has a plan. People are done being afraid. <laughs> they're done being afraid. They're going to get sued. And now you got lawsuits with people who kids that were transgender ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Notice them? They're all over the internet. Like, just do any search. Hmm. They, they got these 30-year-old and, and, uh, and uh, women and 30-year-old men who've done transition therapy, transition therapy, mm -hmm. and, uh, and many of them have had mutilation with their breasts or penis cut off. And they are standing up now and going, I am, I'm having infections constantly. I, 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 I'm trying to transition back. And, and now they're suing their doctors, their psychologists, their psychiatrists, their schools. And this is going to be the big thing right now. You think people mm. sued over cigarettes? Watch what happens in the next 10 years with... Mm. I mean, I, I would say beware if you're on the side of, teach, of teaching children or encouraging children to transition. Beware on, if you're on that side and you're a doctor or a nurse or a professional, or a teacher, mm. or a principal, because you're going to end up in a lawsuit. Mm. There'll be class action, billion dollar lawsuits you watch. Mm. I prophesied it 30 years ago. Mm. Sorry, I got passionate. Did you see that? You touch that button, and then it goes all the way up to the top. You took us somewhere. <laughs>
Sorry, <laughs> that wasn't even the question you asked, that's, probably. No, I don't even remember the question I asked, but <laughs> here we are. What do you feel God speaking? That's mm -hmm. what, yeah. Okay, I have one more question for you today, okay? okay? So this person's asked, what wisdom would you give someone who has a voice to speak prophetically into politics, CEOs, celebrities, etc.? What wisdom would you give them? Well, I, I, I think that when the season's right, what, if you keep knocking mm -hmm. and keep seeking mm -hmm. and keep asking, mm -hmm. and when the season's right, the door will open. So I don't mean stand outside the door like, you know, and I don't mean that. Just wait. But I mean, don't also kick the door open. Don't force your way in there. No. You know, don't, don't pick the lock. Yeah. Don't kick the door open. Mm -hmm. But keep knocking, mm -hmm. looking for the invitation. Hey, I'm, I, I'm available, Lord. Mm. I, I'm open. And then keep preparing. And I'll tell you what, the Lord will open a door. Now, let me tell you, like, I know the political world pretty well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happens is, this is how it happened for me. I, I ministered to one person, mm -hmm. and those people are a small group of people. Like, they all, they actually even internationally know each other. Yeah. And if you do something profound for one of them, mm -hmm. over a period of a very short time, you will have no time to do anything but minister. I mean, if I wanted to just minister to politicians, I could like stop my job right now and spend the rest of my life and probably do one hour meetings, eight hours a day for six days a week because people in that world need so much encouragement yeah, yeah. And, they, and they need so much direction and they all know each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'd say, um, you know, when the Lord opens a small door for you, mm -hmm. that door that looks small, that door is really connected to a whole bunch of other people. That's really good. So have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll see you guys then. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.